Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The documentary short Aguilas tells the story of the Aguilas del Desierto who look for migrants who've gone missing crossing the U.S.-Mexican border. They go out in search of them, sometimes only finding their remains. Once a month, along the scorching southern desert in Arizona, this group of searchers, the Aguilas del Desierto, set out to recover the missing loved ones. These volunteers comprised of construction workers, gardeners, domestic laborers, carry out their solemn task. Aguilas poetically lays out the tragic reality of migrant death by venturing deep into the wilderness of the borderlands. We're joined today by the co-directors of this wonderful short documentary film, a film that's been selected as part of the Academy Awards shortlist for Best Documentary Short. Co-directors Christy Gavera Flanagan and Mate Zubia Yure. To Christy and Mate, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Nice Hi, to be here. So let me, let me uh, just start by saying that uh, this is a film that is beginning, as as other films have begun to do, is shine a light on the border in a way that is different than what the normal news stream is of what we're hearing and what we, what we think we know. And it's calling attention to policies, deliberate policies on the part of the United States and the humanity of the people who are involved on both sides of the border in what I consider to be a human rights crisis. Um, I'll start with you, Christy. Uh, what was the genesis of this project? Where did this come about? Maite and I both teach at UCLA. I am in documentary filmmaking and Maite is in the humanities. And um, it was really her scholarship that brought to my attention the work of Aguilas. We were talking and I thought that the work of Aguilas in particular, their search would be a means by which audiences could really understand the crisis, the humanitarian crisis at the border in a different and new way beyond the headlines and statistics and understand their mission as well, what motivates them, what has touched them um, and driven them to do such a monumental task each month going out to the desert looking for uh, remains of their brethren and that this would be a just a palpable way for audiences to rethink some of their misconceptions or stereotypes about the border and also for people who have been touched by border concerns for them to see themselves and their stories reflected. Yeah, if I may add to that. Yes, my uh, Yeah, so uh, Aguilas, the short documentary is uh, comes out of a, what I like to call a multi-pronged uh, research endeavor called forensic empathy. And it, that speaks actually, Mike, to what you were pointing out. Uh, this is a big humanitarian crisis that has many sides to it. And one of the sides it has is this tight network of people who are actually 
helping migrants, assisting migrants, and actually mm -hmm. fighting uh, against this human right uh, violation. So Forensic Empathy, this project includes a scholarly co-authored monograph in progress, two artistic installations already done, a feature documentary in progress, and then, and then Aguila. So when I approached Christy, she is the filmmaker, as she pointed out, we are both professors. She's in the School of uh, Theater, Film and Television. I'm in the Division of uh, Humanities. Uh, I thought that we should do a documentary about this, a short documentary about Aguilas del Desierto. I was volunteering with Aguilas at that point and had gone out uh, multiple times with them. So scholarly work is very important, but uh, I think film, is a much more impactful and immediate tool. And the, the goal that Christy and I had uh, that really guided our, our filming was uh, to raise awareness about a situation. And as you point out, uh, Mike, there are other films who are doing that. And it, I think it's the concert of all these many voices, filming and otherwise, that will help to, to, to I don't know if really stop the situation, but certainly make people aware of what is going on. And the ultimate goal is actually to have Washington listen to this. Yeah. Well, the first step is awareness. People who are unaware of it. I was aware of it to some extent, but I, I didn't realize the scope. And this is what I really want to dive down into. And that is that we have a situation in Texas and Arizona, well, across the border, across the border with Mexico in which there is a policy on the part of the United States government to essentially fortify the areas that would be easiest to cross over into the United States, making the other option much more dangerous and life-threatening, which is to funnel them into parts of the country that are inhospitable. And I think that that is something that I don't think people really truly understand. They, they, they have some vague understanding of the border, what they call the border crisis, but they do not know that. And um, Maite, do you want to take that end of it, the, this sort of policy? Yeah, this is a that. policy that started in 1994, and it is actually a set of policies called prevention through deterrence. And the idea behind is, is to fortify the urban crossing points, one of them, for example, uh, the Tijuana-San Diego uh, border, which would then force migrants to use other less inviting terrains to cross. And this was a deliberate decision. The government knew full well that people would die in mass if they did that. And it actually happened. So as part of my research, I had many conversations with the uh, chief forensic examiner at the Tucson morgue, Dr. Gregory Hess, an absolutely uh, wonderful person and, and forensic scientist. And he uh, conveyed to, to me and to my research team that if before 1994, 1995, uh, they would run, people would run into perhaps 15 human remains in the desert. After that, the numbers multiplied at Nauseam. So it, it went from 15 bodies to over 100. And at this point is uh, routinely over 200 and it reaches uh, close to 250 bodies found in the, in the desert. In Arizona or, or? In Arizona, just we're just talking about uh, Southern mm -hmm. Arizona. And it is said, and that's something we also mentioned in our documentary, that uh, out of each body found, there are probably five more that the desert will never give back. 
In terms of, as a filmmaker, Christy, what were the, the challenges to go about telling the story? Well, there was always a, a need to strike a balance between having something kind of experiential for viewers to really feel what it is like to be in the desert, to walk in this terrain and to follow in the footsteps of the migrants, but to have information about Aguilas as a group and a, a little bit about who they are, how they interact, why they do what they do. And then to also have space for the migrants themselves and their families uh, who are rendered invisible, that have literally been lost. Um, so how do you make that visible and audible, uh, a population that is actually not even in the film? So striking that balance was something that was uh, very com complex, though, when you watch the film, I think it's, it's, you know, subtle and really probably largely crafted in, in the edit room, that balance. And uh, other challenges were just filming the search. It's a very rigorous search over many, many hours all day. And you're in the desert, you don't stop. So as a crew it was whatever we could carry on our backs. It's, it's, at one time we went, it was very hot. It was in <clears throat> July in uh, Arizona. It was over 100 degrees. And they are going, the Aguilas are going about their work. They are not stopping for us as they shouldn't. <laughs> and we're scrambling to keep up and, you know, still get the image that we want to have to be able to tell the story. So that was, that was always a challenge as well, kind of catching up and knowing how to how to frame the actual search itself when it's, of course, documentary. You can't recreate it. You can't ask them to stop and redo anything. Um, you, you get what, what you get out there. So we had to be really prepared and kind of anticipate scenarios as best as we could. Yeah, and then there's always the, to, uh, on top of the physical challenge, there's the emotional challenge of running into human remains. And uh, not only that, but the monstrous normalization of the fact right. that it becomes normal to take a hike in the desert and run into a human skull or human femur. So I think I've been doing this for many, many, <laughs> actually months and years at this point and many, many search and rescue operations. You never get used to it, to the fact that, that you run into bodies and to the fact that society is completely ignoring it. Right. Thank you for bringing that into the conversation, because that's an important part of the film is to watch these people organize themselves and to go out on the grimmest of missions. Right. They're not generally expecting to find anyone alive. Their, their expectation is whoever they come across will be dead and stealing themselves to do that on a regular basis to go out into the desert. And I'm so glad you focus on them because this is a part of the story of immigration and the ramifications of it. We never hear about people on this side of the border who are looking to do the right thing and to connect with, hopefully bring closure to a family or, or whatever that might be. Thank you for doing that in this film. I want to remind people that Aguilas has been uh, shortlisted for Academy Award consideration for best short documentary film. And congratulations to both of you on that. Um, be very curious, Christy, the filmmaker, and um, 
where you were? What did you were you up the morning of the nominations were announced, or is that is, they don't do that for the short list, do they? They don't have a like a, or do they? Do they do an announcement, a formal announcement, or do they release it as a? It was a press release. Press release. I mean, the you know the shortlisting is just the reward was making the film and sharing it with audiences and and having you know spreading the the news about the work of Aguilas and I, with a short documentary as well. It's it's it seems so. I don't want to say arbitrary, but who knows which way the tide will turn. And and we're we're grateful for the attention. Uh, and it was, you know, it's all been rather unexpected, I would say. Yeah, I have to say I was thrilled and, <laughs> uh, and also <laughs> so happy. And I do think that whatever comes out of it, the fact is that the number of awards that we won in this last, let's call it what it is, it's an, it's an achievement gives Aguilas and the humanitarian crisis, Aguilas del Desierto, the search and rescue group, and the humanitarian crisis at the border, huge visibility. And again, that's what made me very happy, on top of being very happy that our film has so, so much recognition, is that the visibility is increasing exponentially. Right. And that was exactly our purpose, to raise awareness, and, and we are succeeding at it. So I'm very happy. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Awareness. Just, you know, people don't know. Now they they have a they have a vehicle in which to find out more about this. And it is a humanitarian crisis. And it's also a failure of the political class. Mm-hmm. The entire idea and the, the issues surrounding immigration are such a colossal failure uh, that uh, over many, 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 many years, and there's so much tied up in it. But at the same time, we should be able to figure this out. There, there really is no reason why we can't. Yeah, I think it's worse than that. It's planned failure because yeah. the deten- uh, detention uh, prevention through deterrence was a le- deliberate effort to kill people. And I think we do need to say that. Uh, the border has been politically weaponized to annihilate people, to kill them, to make it impossible for them and their families to have a normal life. So we do have to speak in strong terms and we have to say and, and, and express openly what this is all about. We are deliberately, politically deciding that it is okay to kill people. Well, that word deterrence is loaded. It is, it is imbued with that idea. Yes. That the deterrence part of the policy is that your, your options are to try and not die if you're mm-hmm. going to attempt to do this. And the chances are... are too high that you will. And yeah, I, it is a failure. It's a failure on so many levels. And um, as I'm increasingly finding out in my own travels, uh, I mentioned to you before we started uh, in a documentary I saw about immigration and and what, how an important part of the human existence, the human experience has been migration around the globe. And we're now coming into an era in which migration will be more intense and, and on a scale, the likes of which the world has never known. And we are doing a terrible job with dealing with it. I really do think, and I've said this before to other filmmakers, I think we may be looking at the beginning of the unra- unraveling of the nation state, given mm-hmm. the scale of immigration that we're facing in the future. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, I, and the patterns were so different previously. People could go back and forth um, and, and economies were very different, especially at the border. And that has all changed dramatically. And you have the families that can't go back. They're stuck here. One part of their family is stuck here for decades. Uh, it's, it's, it's very different. You know, my, my grandparents walked over the border and decided to stay. Well, right. So. Well, right, and you're bringing up something migration in the future, whether it be for economic reasons or for environmental reasons and the climate reasons, is going to be basically a one-way trip mm-hmm. in all likelihood. There is a migration movement for survival as opposed to, as you're, as we were talking about, I mean, oppor- economic opportunity, but the idea you could go back home is may or may not be an option moving forward in this world. I think it has been a one-way migration for a long time. So many, many migrants can't cross back and stay there for 20 years. Their parents die. Sometimes their, their children die and they cannot go back. And COVID has made that even more prevalent. You mm. lose your family forever because you cannot go back and visit. Well, congratulations to both of you on Aguilas. Co-directors Christy Gavera Flanagan and Matei Zubia-Yore. And congratulations on the recognition the film has received. If people are interested in finding out more, they can go to aguilasdocumentary.com to find out more about the film. It's also available on YouTube, and it's also available at newyorker.com, part of the New Yorker short doc project that they've been so good about over these many years, uh, screening documentaries and other short films. But uh, my congratulations to both of you for your work here. And I look forward to more recognition (laughs) in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.